up, what up, what up? Welcome to the greatest combat sports and culture podcast in the world. You're listening to The Fight Podcast, and I am your host, Serge Vicente. Today, we have an incredible show for you guys. As always, we have five rounds of fight news. We're going to go out there and tell you about all the fire fight news of the week, including... Yo, what's going on with John Jones? Is Buddy actually going to move to heavyweight? Or is he just going to continue talking trash about everybody else? Who knows? We'll talk about that today. Also, we have to talk about what is going on with Conor McGregor. He's in the news again and again. It's not because the man is fighting. So we have to break everything down that's been going on with Conor McGregor. We will also be going out here and talking about UFC Singapore this weekend. We'll also break down Bellator 231 and 232, along with some boxing of the week, man. So all in all, we have an incredible show for you guys. Um, Also, before I really get into it, Quick shout out to our sponsor, Sage Eats. Remember, Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 10% off your first three months, man. They cook and deliver healthy meals directly to your home or office if you live here in Chicago. If you do not... They also offer fitness mentoring. They will write out your workout and programming for you and go out there and help you out with your own personal fitness mentor, man. So check out Sage Eats Chicago at www.sageeatschicago.com. Also check them out on all social media platforms at Sage Eats. And you know what, man, while I'm over here talking to them, giving shameless plugs and whatnot, let's talk about the Fight Podcast. Again, like I said, the greatest combat sports and culture show in the world. Um, check us out everywhere podcasts are available at the Fight Podcast, everywhere social media platforms are. And follow your boy at Serge Vicente. I've been getting so much great feedback from you guys. You guys have been hitting me up on social media as well as on our website, thefightpodcast.com. Continue doing that. Let me know what you want me to add. Let me know who you want me to talk to, what interviews you want. Keep talking to me. Keep communicating with me, man. And we will keep bringing you this fire content, man. Um, Yo, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into it. Hope you guys are having a great week. A lot is happening. It's beautiful here in Chicago in the fall, which you know what that means. It's gray. It's cold, it's rainy, you need to layer up the perfect fall weather here in Chicago, man. Look, my lady's not around, but it's all right. My little dog, Nico, my little rescue, he's here hanging out with me, man, so I don't feel alone. <laughs> um, All in all, bro, look, people getting ready for the holidays, Halloween and whatnot's coming up. Um, But more importantly, the NBA season kicked off. Yo, I was so hyped. It felt like 
Christmas was coming the way I was waiting for the NBA season. I actually was on the Ben Jaworski show. If you have an opportunity, check that out. That is one of the Chicago Sun-Times and the Chicago Readers podcast. Great show. Usually they talk about politics, but the host Ben Jaworski is a huge Bulls fan and a huge NBA fan. So he had me come on and we went out there and uh, did all our fight picks, did an NBA preview. So if you have an opportunity, that will actually be in Serge Vicente at Serge Vicente. That will be in my um um, on my IG, you look in my uh, the link in the bio. I will have that full episode up there for you guys to check out. And I also have a couple clips on my social media, man. So it's a lot of fun. We're diversifying a little bit. Obviously, we talk about politics. You know, we're ingratiated in these young fights, but. You know, I love basketball, bro, and I had an opportunity to talk about it, so uh, obviously looking forward to that. My Lakers lost last night, but I mean, look, man, it it is what it is, man. Um, Hope you guys are having a great week. We have so much fight news to get to, and um, we also have so many fights to break down. This weekend, Bellator has not only one, but two cards, one on Friday, one on Saturday. The Friday card's pretty legit. The Saturday card, the main event, is what honestly one of the most anticipated fights of the year. So I can't wait to talk about those. But before we jump into the fight picks, you know we got to talk about our five rounds of fight news. So let's go and jump into it. Number one, round one. Greg Hardy, look, if you guys have been listening to our last couple episodes, 152, I went ahead and I did our weekend breakdown. Greg Hardy, the former NFL player, actually fought this past weekend against Ben Sassoli. The fight was anticlimactic to say the least, but the thing that everyone was talking about after the fight was inhaler gate. Between the second and third rounds, Greg Hardy was a little exhausted. He grabs a his inhaler, takes a quick puff. He ends up getting disqualified. The fight ends up being a no contest. So people were getting on him because of that. Everything on Monday and Tuesday was pretty much the media crushing Greg Hardy and crushing his team. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. If you guys listened to the last episode, you know I crushed him too. Because at the end of the day, fam, what are you doing? We keep on having some kind of crazy beef that happens every time he fights. It's something. He can't come in and just have a clean win. So the fact that now this happened, you know, he's back in the news. So when I first saw his name pop up, I didn't know what it was. And I'm not going to lie, I actually respect it. Greg Hardy, who I myself have already said he's fighting a bunch of pretty much tomato cans. He ends up jumping up literally two days after his fight. Junior Dos Santos pulls out of his fight in a couple weeks, 19 days to be exact. Against Alexander Volkov. Alexander Volkov is a former Bellator champion. He is a former N1 global champion. He is 4-1 in the UFC. The only fight that he actually lost in the UFC 
was a last second Hail Mary KO loss to Derrick Lewis. No shame in that. Let's keep it a buck. But he was winning that entire fight. So this by far is the biggest step up in Greg Hardy's career. What do I think is going to happen? Because think about it. Greg Hardy at this point in time in the UFC, he's trying to fight for the fifth time this year. No heavyweight in the UFC has ever done that. I honor that. I respect it. Granted, a couple of those fights were a couple second fights, but it's all good. He still went through the camps and he's really trying to learn and evolve. And I'm, I'm, I'm not going to stunt. He is down there at American Top Team. He has his head coach is somebody who I respect a lot, and that's Den Thomas. So he is showing progression. But in terms of actually fighting somebody who does this, Greg Hardy showed so many holes in his game his last time out, and now he's going to end up coming up 19 days notice. He's going to go out there and fight um, Volkov. So. Volkov 30 and 7. Greg Hardy 5 and 1. But one no contest. This fight's supposed to happen November 9th. I'm looking forward to it because this fight's going to show us a lot. If Alexander Volkov goes out here and does what I expect him to do and scuffs Greg Hardy, we know what Greg Hardy is. It's a sideshow, it's whatever. Or he goes out here, does work against Volkov, and now we have a new contender at heavyweight. Either way, we win. So I can't see what ha- wait to see what happens next with that, man. Um, moving right along. Round two. John Jones is back in the news. <laughs> and um, John has been in the news a lot because especially he's been tied a lot to Israel Adesanya. Israel Adesanya, the supernova that has taken over the UFC, the biggest name in MMA right now, the middleweight champion. He and John Jones are going back and forth on Twitter and Instagram and all that good stuff. And I'm not going to lie to you, man. If you haven't had an opportunity to check it out, Izzy's been going hard in the paint. He's been going super hard in the paint. My man went out there, went on social media, and everything, he's been clowning him. He was clowning John Jones on how John Jones used to, um, John Jones actually hid (laughs) when USADA came his chest for, uh, took his piss test. John Jones went and hid under the cage for six hours, allegedly. He hid under the cage so he wouldn't have to take a piss test. And we already know that John's pissed hot a couple times. So you have that. Izzy made fun of him for that. Izzy also bought a new car. So fire ass like McLaren. He said, man, I think I might get drunk and hit a pregnant lady. Well, that goes back to shout out to John again for getting drunk, hitting a pregnant lady in his car, running away coming back because he forgot his stash and his cash and running away again. So they've been going back and forth. John said that DC is no longer the guy 
Izzy has is his pussy holder or something now. Some weird John Jones trash. But John actually said something that I found to be really interesting this past couple days. John said he's not really interested and he's unmotivated by the potential opponents that he has at light heavyweight. The reason that's important is because this past weekend, Dom Reyes went out there and completely destroyed. I'm talking about completely destroyed the former middleweight champion in in, um, Chris Weidman. So everybody already thought, looking at the rankings, looking at who's in front of Dom Reyes, everyone's like, oh, there's John Jones's next fight. John doesn't have anything on the books. He seems like he's kind of in limbo. The DC fight is gone. The Stipe fight, Stipe fight doesn't seem like it's happening. Israel Adesanya says, dude, I got to clear out my division. I don't need to fight you for another two years. So we didn't know who John was actually going to fight. So when Dom Reyes this past weekend got that big win against the former champion, Everyone pretty much anticipated that that was, was, that was going to be next. There's the title shot. We got it. Now we know who John's going to fight next. And we still might. Don't get it twisted. We still legitimately might watch that fight next. But John pretty much goes on record and says, yo, I'm not even interested in that. He was recently asked on social media, and he said, yo, are you, if, that, if you're not interested in that, are you going to move to heavyweight and fight Francis Ngannou? Francis Ngannou, the number four ranked, three ranked heavyweight in the world right now. Last fight out, beat the great Cain Velasquez. The only person he's lost to in the last couple of years is Derek Lewis. Again, no, no shame in that. And the champion, Stipe Miocic. Again, no shame in that. He's worked his way back to a title shot, but he's somebody who is looking for a big fight. Stipe looked like he's tied up with DC. Seems like they're going to fight right in the beginning of Q1, end of January, early February. So instead of waiting, and honestly, everybody else, he's kind of beat up. So that's the question that was posed. Yo, would you fight Francis Ngannou? John responds back and says, that's inevitable. So now that's exciting. I'm like, oh, shit. We might get John moving up to heavyweight and legitimately fighting a guy who's bigger, who's longer, and we know who has more power. That's the reason, for instance, Anthony Rumble Johnson and John Jones was always an interesting fight. The size and the power. And we've already seen that John really doesn't do well with length. I mean, granted, let's let's take it with a grain of salt. He's still kicking the ass. But... At the end of the day, he doesn't shine in the same capacity. Now, is it because he's unmotivated? Well, according to him, he says yes. He says he hasn't had a chip on his shoulder since Alexander Gustafson. And that's because the first fight was so close, so he felt like he had something to prove. Let's not forget, two title fights ago for John, he fought Alexander Gustafson and ended up getting a second round TKO. That's the last time that a lot of us, myself included, you know what, damn that, me particularly, I feel like that's the last time that I actually saw John Jones be John Jones. He seems like he's lost a step. 
And this is somebody who I totally consider the GOAT. I'm going to keep it a bean. Buddy is legitimately the GOAT. Do I like what he does outside of the cage, man? No, man, dude is a clown. But in terms of what he has done inside of the cage, fam, how could you not show the man love? How could you not show him his proper due? But I digress. He says he's had a hard time even mustering up the energy to talk shit to Dom Reyes. He says, I have nothing to gain from beating Dominic Reyes. I mean, yeah. Think about all the matchups that John has lost in the recent feud, right? Or the recent time. DC fight. DC takes an L to Stipe Miocic in a fight that he should have won. That fight, all of a sudden with John Jones, the trilogy, gone. Stipe Miocic, viable option. Stipe and DC seem like they're actually going to end up being the ones that have the trilogy for that amazing heavyweight title trilogy. So now, that fight with Stipe and DC, both of those fights are off the table for John. Anthony Rebel Johnson doesn't come back to next March. We don't know if he's coming back at heavyweight or light heavyweight. And if we go down the list, the other fights that we were kind of excited about was one, Chris Weidman, because if Chris Weidman beat Dom Reyes, that's a former champion moving up, him fighting the champion. We would have wanted to see that. And I think even John was into that. He takes an L, gets knocked out. Then you have Luke Rockhold. We thought that was the one. Fam, he looked diesel. If you had an opportunity to see Luke Rockhold at 205, he was huge. But unfortunately, it seems like they ended up only being show me muscles. He's been doing all of his modeling for polo and everything, and he wants to be built like a model. Unfortunately, when it came time to fight, those were just show me muscles and he didn't perform at all. And now it doesn't seem like he's ever coming back. I think Luke's done. Again, so all in all, those are four huge fights with former champions that John could have had. But now they're gone. Brock Lesnar, another one. Doesn't seem like he wants to come back. He loves taking the juice and now Kane is over there. Gone. Kane Velasquez, another possible matchup for John Jones. Another possible super fight. Gone. So not by any fault of his own. Unfortunately, he's had a lot of bad luck. Unfortunately, he's taken himself out of the narrative a lot because of, again, now this is his fault, getting suspended over and over again. You have these things. You have these dudes getting suspended. If he didn't get suspended, he probably would have moved up to heavyweight like two years ago. And then a lot of these fights with DC, these fights with Estipe, probably would have already happened. So unfortunately, check it out, John. Either A, move to heavyweight, fight Francis Ngannou, or B, shut the fuck up and fight the guys that actually fight at 205 and then clean the division out and end up being the Demetrius Johnson of that weight class. Get 12 consecutive title defenses and then bump up and fight a heavyweight. 
Either way, you get respect as one of the greatest fighters of all time. But unfortunately, yo, he he just doesn't sell the fight outside of it. And a lot of people I just don't believe are interested in John Jones, the person. He's not that marketable. He's not that likable. So I think that's one of the biggest reasons why John actually is not getting these title shots. Now, I'm going to, again, I'm keeping it a bean. These are my thoughts. This is how I feel about it. But I'm going to be honest with you. Even Dom Reyes agrees with me. Because let's be honest with you. You have to shit or get off the pot. And Dom Reyes, somebody who's waiting, also agrees. And he goes out there and says, yo, if you don't fight me, vacate the title so we can move on with the division. Yo, when you have guys starting to say things like that, and you're calling out other people. And let's talk about somebody he's talk, calling out. He says, look, I might not fight for two years and just get better. See what happens at the division and then come back and fight that person who ends up having the belt. But you know what also happens in two years? In two years time in 2021 is when Israel Adesanya said he'd be willing to fight, move up and wait and fight John Jones. Not that he's intimidated to fight him now because he's not, but he feels as if he has a, a responsibility to defend, be an active champion and defend his belt at 185 pounds, the middleweight division. So you got to give him love for that. So it's interesting in the timing that John will say he wants to take two years off because it seems like he just might want to sit back, work on his striking and end up fighting Iggy in two years or Izzy in two years. Either way, we'll see what happens. But I think Dom Reyes has earned a title shot against John Jones. All right, man. Um, let's go ahead and move into round number three. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. I genuinely don't love talking about this dude, but he is in the news so often. He is always in the news, and unfortunately, it's never for anything positive. And I'm talking about, again, the most famous MMA fighter in the world, Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor is in the news again. Again, and he's in the news again for doing some fuck shit and being just an entire goofball, bro. So remember, earlier this week, if you listened to episode 152 of the Fight Podcast, which came out on Monday, I talked about how Connor, after the big fight, Dana White was asked a couple of questions. And Dana White, the CEO and president of uh, the UFC, goes out there and pretty much they, he was asked about the, Conor McGregor when Conor's coming back. He said he believes Conor will be back early next year. But in terms of a fight with Khabib, he doesn't call the shots anymore. Conor's not the man. Khabib's the man. Khabib calls the shots. Conor got pissy, threw a hissy fit, said I'm the man, all this other nonsense, and literally hasn't stopped shit talking since then. Straight Donald Trump style Twitter storm, talking about anybody and everything, literally just cursing out all caps into the ether. 
I don't understand why people do that, but that's exactly what Connor has been doing. And you see every time individuals have their, they feel like their spot is being challenged, right? Look at Donald Trump. He gets out there crazy tweeting and whatnot every time he believes he is being attacked or he feels like the walls are closing in on him. Conor McGregor's doing the exact same thing when he feels like essentially I'm I'm losing relevancy. I'm not relevant. I'm not the man. Don't nobody care about me anymore. What am I going to do? Sling whiskey? That's it? Well, here's the thing. He's not just in the news for shit talking on Twitter. This past Saturday, the New York Times released another report of another alleged sexual assault. Again, this happened in December. This is something, another, another sexual assault event that's happened with Connor. So, I think this is one of the biggest reasons why the Frank Yeager fight isn't happening, even though I don't believe he's big enough. Um, and then you also have him saying, and I know I'm all over the place with this, but let's just, again, I'm keeping it a bean. Here's all the things that has happened with Connor over the last couple of months. In March, as well as this past week, the New York Times reported a sexual, um, an alleged sexual assault against Conor McGregor. He also is in a current case, a current open case against that old dude that he punched in the face at the bar. So you got, in this just this calendar year, you have two sexual assault allegations and you punch an old man in the face. Oh, and let's not forget when he went ahead and slapped out that phone out of buddy's hand and stomped it in miami and this is directly after he got done doing community service for throwing a dolly through a fucking window so here's my thing and this has been my beef with connor right he's doing all this extracurricular he's putting a black eye on the sport and a lot of times this extra works if you're winning, if you're winning, but this dude hasn't won a fight. He hasn't won a fight since 2016. We're going into 2020. He hasn't won a fight since 2016, and he has the audacity to sit there and even say in a press conference this week that that BMF belt, the bad motherfucker belt, that's going to be again at the at the beginning of this upcoming month with Jorge Masvidal against Nate Diaz. He said he's the reason this fight is happening. He said he's the one who designed the belt. Fam, even if that was true, who cares? Why are you always trying to interject yourself into something that you have nothing to do with? And now he goes out here and says, oh, it's politics the reason why the UFC isn't having me fighting. This is something else that he said at this, in this press conference or whatever. Fam, it is politics. You, the, you know what the politics are? The politics are you a nasty motherfucker. 
You nasty. And he keeps up. If we had a nasty award, Conor McGregor gets a nasty award. And look, and I'm not saying he's nasty because of the allegations. Look, I don't know if he did or he didn't do it. I don't. But the fact that you have two allegations, you have a pending case, and you had others. Dude, it's always something. This dude is wild, man, and he's a nasty dude. And I'm going to be honest with you, when he decides to wrap it up and end up essentially just slinging whiskey, I think MMA will be even better for it. I know what will we all have to talk about when Conor McGregor is gone? I hope we'll be able to talk about the amazing fights that we're having and the amazing athletes and the rest of the amazing stories that we do. Don't get it twisted. Yo, it's entertaining. It's entertainment, but at the end of the day, how can you still stand by this dude? What is he doing? Come on, fans. Conor McGregor stands. Seriously? Hit me up on my social media, man. Hit me up at the Fire Podcast. Let me know what it is that makes this dude so incredible. Why do we still, why should we still waste our time with Conor McGregor? Because for somebody who hasn't won a professional fight in almost four years, and all they're doing is pretty much making the sport look like a mockery, yo, why are we even dealing with it? As always, guys, remember. The Fight Podcast is brought to you guys each week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 10% off of your first three months. Also, as always, show us some love at The Fight Podcast, www.thefightpodcast.com. You already know. Let your friends about the show download listen everywhere podcasts are available subscribe rate share to um we are everywhere podcasts are available apple google play spotify soundcloud stitcher let your friends know this is the best combat sports and culture show in the world I am the best. I am the underground king. Let everybody know, man, this is what we're here for. We have, we're have we here to have a good time, and we're here to give you guys the best content possible, man. So let everybody know. Check out Sage Eats and check out the Fight Podcast. All right, jumping right back into the show. Round number four. All right, man, I know. Let, let's go ahead and rotate into something a little bit more light, a little, little happy. I was I was talking a little spicy for the last couple of rounds, man. Um, but Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury is doing a lot, man. We're talking about the lineal heavyweight champion. Signed over a $100 million contract with top rank this past year. And now my man is in WWE. He's fighting some big bearded dude coming up in one of these big events. I'm not a wrestling guy. I don't know. But I am bringing some wrestling people on. So bear with me. Not today, but soon. We're going to get my wrestling wrestling act and have some legit wrestling talk, man. So that's coming to you guys very, very soon. 
But Tyson Fury recently told TMZ that he plans on taking over all combat sports. And that includes MMA. <laughs> Yo, I'm going to keep it a buck. If Tyson Fury fights in MMA, he gets scuffed. Okay? He's an incredible boxer. He moves really well. I don't believe he has the skill set necessary at this point in time. He'll outbox all of them. Don't get it twisted. But in terms of overall MMA, as long as he is, I see a wrestler. Think about Curtis Blades going against him. He'll easily take him down and beat him. But I think Tyson Fury is completely joking. But the reason I brought this up, the only reason I brought this up, is because there's always been a kindred spirit. There's always been a relationship, and there's always been a crossover with all the combat sports. But especially with like the pro wrestling and and the and boxing, pro wrestling, and uh, in MMA. Let's let's be honest, man. MMA's roots are in pro wrestling. The way that the fighters are going back and forth. The way that you know the 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 the, the story, the the storylines, the the entertainment factor is something that MMA absolutely took from boxing. And what it made me think of are is who were the best boxers ever to compete in MMA? And I'm talking about world champions. Which world champions came to MMA? And did anything. So I had to go do a little research for you guys, right? And I came up with a little list. These are my notables, right? Number one. Now, this is no particular order, but I'm just going to list the ones I have. James Tony, James Tony, former middleweight legend. Came into the UFC at 42, 42 years old. Ends up fighting the 47-year-old Randy Couture. And my man's just got completely scuffed. It, it was hilarious, man. He went out there, you can tell, never even attempted wrestling in his life. Got taken down by a single, really quick ankle pick. Got, you know, beat up on the ground a little bit. Ended up getting a rear naked choke. But at the end of the day, that was one of the first times that we saw a really high-level boxer competing MMA at the highest level so it was a lot of build up to it I know a lot of people were super hype about it and I know I was and that was all the way back in 2010 at UFC 118 man so salute to James Tony. next on my list Ray Mercer Ray Mercer was the former WBO heavyweight champ this dude had a little bit of ups and downs also in MMA First time he went out there and fought, even under his own admission, he did not even work on his wrestling. First fight he went out there against none other than the late, great Kimbo Slice. My man got taken down and guillotined by Kimbo. And if you know anything about Kimbo, is Kimbo has nada for a ground game. And he got taken down and ended up getting beat by Kimbo. But... Ray Mercer was able to pretty much take a little time off. He ended up coming back, redeeming himself, 
and he ended up beating the the former UFC heavyweight champion via first round KO in the very first round. Now, granted, where did they fight? I don't know. Looked like a smoker somewhere. Regardless, he ended up getting that win. So salute to Ray Mercer. Next on my list is the former 18-time world boxing champion. She's also known for possibly the greatest upset in UFC history. One of the biggest moments in UFC history. The former 135-pound women's champion. I'm talking about Holly Holm. Holly Holm beat Ronda Rossi for the title. But before that, she was an 18-time boxing world champion. Absolute beast, man. You know we could not have a boxing list in MMA without putting the great Holly Holm in that list, man. All right. And lastly, on my list. And there have been plenty other individuals that have actually competed in MMA. I mean, you got people like KJ Noons and a lot of people who have boxed, right? Bunch of Golden Gloves champions. Shit, even Brandon Schaub was a big time Golden Gloves champion. So there are a lot of individuals who are really good. But I was talking about like the best of the best. And last person that I want to bring up on my boxing to MMA list is Muhammad Ali, the great one. Muhammad Ali, man, all the way back in 1971, ended up competing against Antonio Nioki in Tokyo, Japan. Uh, Nioki is a huge pro wrestler out there. See, they did essentially MMA. It was boxing. Muhammad Ali had his gloves on against Aoki. Um, it was a lackluster fight, to say the least. Um, but it was something that because of the damage that he took, because of some of the kicks and other things, Muhammad Ali said, yo, I am never doing that again. But it also shows, man, what kind of character Ali was, man. What a great personality. And I bring it all the way back around a Tyson Fury, somebody whom is a huge heavyweight, someone who is extremely light on his feet and someone who has the gift of gab, man. I don't want to say he's the modern day version of a Muhammad Ali, but man, he is somebody that is cut from that same cloth. I appreciate Tyson Fury. I think him with the WWE and continue building his name and building boxing and building combat sports, I think this is a beautiful thing. Yo, salute to Tyson Fury, man. Um... Do I think he's coming to MMA? Hell no. But in terms of what he's doing there, man, I love it. And all right, let's go ahead and do it round five. Finishing up our fight news of the day, man. We're going to talk about the tiny champion, the, the strawweight champion. We're talking about the 20-1 Wheelie Zhang um, out of China. She, again, we all know she's a beast. She had some issues coming in and out of the States because some visa issues. We all know what's going on with the trade war and things like that with China. So people have been beefing a little bit trying to figure out what's going on. Now, Joanna and Jacek, we last week ended up having an amazing performance, beating the brakes off of Michelle Waterson and... Everyone, again, kind of similar to Dom Reyes, we all thoroughly anticipated her to be fighting for the title next. Well, until the champion pretty much said, yo, I'm not doing that. 
And the reason she said she's not fighting her, and not only did she say she doesn't want to fight Joanna and Jacek, she said she might never fight Joanna. Never. She said Joanna needs to do more before she fights her. And at the end of the day, she doesn't even think she's going to give her a shot. And the reason she did this is because, and look, I hate to sound like this. I hate to be this guy. But look, man, the ladies in China seem like they just as petty as the ladies here in the States. She said, look, you want to turn a fight down me three times because I didn't have a big enough name. Now I'm going to make her wait. Yo, that's super petty. It's so petty. It's crazy. Now, I can see why Yoana's mad. I can understand why she was a little whatever with Yoana. But at the end of the day, I actually side with Yoana with this. And the reason I actually side with Yoana with this is just simple. No one knew who Weili Zhang was. I just saw her record and realized that she was on a 19 fight winning streak. And if you watch her fight, you know that she's tough. But at the end of the day, is the juice worth the squeeze? Because here's the thing. If nobody watches and nobody tunes in, somebody Ioana's caliber realizes she's not going to get paid the same. And at the end of the day, this is a business. In turn, Weili Zhang, if she doesn't take this fight champion or not, you're not going to make as much money because Ioana and Jacek is one of the best and one of the biggest draws in the sport, especially on the women's side. But at the end of the day, don't take my word for it. Dana White, the president of the UFC, said the exact same thing. So at the end of the day, do I believe this fight is actually going to happen? And do I believe that Weili Zhang is going to fight Ioane and Jacek, the former five-time strawweight world champion, the longest reigning uh, strawweight world champion in the sport? 1,000% yes. This fight's going to happen. It's inevitable. There's nobody else for Weili Zhang to fight. Tatiana Suarez is out. Michelle Waterson just got beat. Jessica Andrade, we don't know what's happening with her. She just lost. Weili Jing is calling out Rose Namajunas, but we don't know if Rose is ever going to fight again either. Look, stop being petty. Figure out where the real money is and fight the superstar. If she goes out there and fights the superstar and she wins, yo, Weili Jing is the real deal. If not, we have a six-time champion at strawweight and, again, one of the greatest female fighters to ever grace the octagon. Either way, we have a great storyline. All right, man. Uh, let's go ahead. And with the time we have left, you know we got to break down all these fights, man. So we have three fight cards, big, big, big MMA fight cards this weekend. The UFC has UFC Singapore, and that is actually happening on Saturday night. That card is headlined by the battle of the best grapplers in MMA. And here's the thing. I'm not the only one saying that. Joe Rogan has been quoted saying that. And not only Joe Rogan, the two guys that are actually competing, Damian Maya, 
number 10 ranked welterweight in the world with a record of 27 and 9 is fighting against the funky one. The former, I believe, I know he was an All-American. I believe he was also an Olympian. Um, or at least was an alternate for the team. I'm talking about Ben Askren. Ben Askren is the number 11 ranked welterweight in the world. Remember Ben Askren um, coming off of a loss against Jorge Masvidal his last time out. But before that was 19-0 and has never even been rocked. What he is known for is his amazing wrestling. His amazing freestyle wrestling. He's very awkward. He's really dope. On the other side, we have Damian Maya. Damian Maya is known as possibly the greatest jiu-jitsu practitioner to ever have competed in MMA. So you have these two styles of grappling really going at it this time. And this is one of those old school type of UFC one through three type of fights. These dudes could damn near come out here. One dude comes out in a singlet and the other one comes out in a gi. That's how much of a specialist these two guys are. Damian Maia is on a two-fight win streak. He has three wins in his career by knockout, but 13 wins in his career by submission. On the other time, on the other side, remember Ben Askren. Literally had a worst, one of the worst knockouts you'll ever see against Jorge Masvidal within five seconds. But the way he gets it done, he's six one six of his wins by knockout. Granted, he's not a big striker. If he does have any KOs, essentially what it is is him taking his opponent down and then getting him some solid ground up power to get him out of there. Six wins by submission, seven decisions, man. So again, Ben Askren. Super tough dude. Yes, he came against some tough times in the UFC. And since he's been in the UFC, he's taken a lot of damage, even though he won one of the fights. Yo, that first round against Robbie Lawler, buddy got scuffed. But he ended up getting out of it, being tough, utilizing his wrestling, and he ended up getting a advantageous position, getting that bulldog choke. Now, granted, was it stopped a little soon? It's debatable. Regardless, he ended up getting the win against a former champion. So dude is the real deal. So this fight is actually going to show me a lot. And it's also really going to see where each of these guys are going. They're both in their late 30s. But they're both still competing at a high level. But this is definitely one of those fights that essentially, yo, winner stays on the court. Loser goes home. Whoever loses this fight, I'm going to keep it a bean. You might as well retire. Because that welterweight division is too deep. Think about it. Ben Askren was literally one fight away from a title shot. If he beat Jorge Masvidal, he'll be fighting Kamara Usman in December for the title. But he's not. And since he lost, now look where he's ranked. This dude is not even in the top 10 anymore. He's ranked number 11 after one loss. If either of these dudes lose again, yo, it's a wrap, son. But either way, I'm interested in this fight. I think that Ben Askren actually gets the W in this fight um, because I believe wrestling is honestly better than jiu-jitsu. Um, we had this conversation a couple days ago on the podcast, and uh, I talked about it. What are the best sports, the strongest sports? If you have a great wrestling background, I think that's the best skill set to have coming in an MMA. And Ben Askren is legitimately a specialist. 
I think he'll be able to negate the jujitsu of uh, Damian Maya. I think that he will be able to stop any of Damian Maya's takedowns, utilize his own takedowns, control Damian Maya, and end up winning the fight. Really utilizing a very similar game plan to what Tyron Woodley, a teammate of his, Kobe Covington, a big-time wrestler, and the champion, Kamar Usman, also used against him. Just wrestle, wrestle him, keep distance, stop the takedowns, beat him on the feet. That's how I see this fight going. So I see a decision win for the funky one, Ben Askren. Um, Co-main event is going to be Michael Johnson, the 20-14 lightweight. He is on a losing streak, and he's going to fight Stevie Ray, who is also on a losing streak. Yo, man, between these two guys, it, look, this fight isn't like big star draw or anything. Um, Michael Johnson at his highest is his peak was ranked number five in that really tough lightweight division. I see this fight being entertaining. Stevie Ray isn't anybody who's that great. I think Michael Johnson is an all-around better fighter and should get him out of there within the second round, man. So I see a TKO win from Michael Johnson. Um, also, other notables on this fight card... We got Benil Dariush, the Persian sensation with 16-4 record. Um, he's fighting Frank Camacho. Should be a fun fight. I got Benil Dariush winning that one. And then we have Loriano Staropoli, the 9-1 guy, um, new to the UFC, but he is on a seven-fight win streak. Um, and he's fighting Muslim Shokhanov, who's 15-2. He's also on a win streak. Two tough dudes. I'm going to go with the younger guy. I'm going to go with the Argentinian. I'm going with Star Staropoli, man. So, hey, decent card. It's not the best card in the world, but look, I'm here for it. I'll be ch- tuning into that on ESPN on, I think that's ESPN, and that is going to be on Saturday. All right, Friday, though, we got Bellator 231. And, yo, so at first I was excited when I heard the names, right? You had Frank Mir versus Roy Nelson. But then I go on, I start looking at it. So this is, that's the headlining bout. You got Frank Mir, Roy Nelson, two heavyweight legends. And that's something that really look at it, man. That is something that Bellator does. They put that Legends League in. But yo, let me look at these records. Frank Mir's 18-13. Frank Mir is the former two-time heavyweight champion in the UFC. Dude was an absolute monster in his prime. He's fighting against the heavyweight Roy Nelson, 23-17. and 17. Fam, I remember when Roy Nelson, coming off the Ultimate Fighter, was one of the most feared heavyweights in the world. Bruh, Frank Mir is on a four-fight losing streak. He has not won a fight. He's on some Conor McGregor shit. He hasn't won a fight since July of 2015. And that was a big time knockout loss in the U- a win in the UFC against Todd Duffy. It's been a minute. And unfortunately for Frank Mir, man, he's on a three. Not only is he on that four fight losing streak, he's on a three fight KO streak. He's been KO three fights in a row. But check this out. Roy Nelson isn't much better because in that same amount of time, Roy Nelson is three and six. In his last 14, he's four and 10. These are guys who at one point in time were some of the best fighters and the best fighters in the world. They've stuck around for a long time. Obviously, they love to fight, but at the end of the day, man, I don't want to see these dudes take any more punishment. 
Um, I've seen them both get KO'd viciously recently. Um, they've both taken a lot of losses. I, I think I'm going to go with Roy Nelson. Um, he's looked better over the last year and a half. Um, Frank Mir, every time I pick him, he ends up getting knocked out. So let's go with Roy Nelson. Also on this card, you got Phil Davis is fighting Carl Albertson. Carl Albertson is his first fight in Bellator. Huge step up in competition. Obviously, I got Phil Davis. His last time out, he ended up beating Liam McGeary by TKO. Um, Phil Davis is a former champion in Bellator. He wants to get a win and get another crack at Ryan Bader. So we'll see what ends up happening. But I got Phil Davis moving on. Um, this card actually low-key was kind of stacked aside from the... Uh, the the headliner man because also we got ed ruth ed ruth is one of the biggest prospects in the sport took a loss his first loss of his career earlier this year in the grand prix the welterweight grand prix against neiman gracie he ended up losing but since then he's gotten a win back and he is now seven and one and he'll face jason jackson i don't know if you guys remember jason jackson but Remember when they had the Ultimate Fighter and they had team versus team, American top team versus the Black Zillions. Jared Jackson was doing work for team Black Zillions. And I believe he still trains down there in Florida and he trains over there at um, with 365 kickboxing with um, Henry Hoof. So this should be an entertaining fight, man. Two good prospects. One guy, Jason Jackson is 10 and three. Ed Ruth is seven and one. Both coming off of TKO wins. I'm going with the prospect, man. I have to go with uh, Ed Ruth. I still believe that Ed Ruth, with his wrestling, and Ed Ruth has some of the best wrestling in the world. He was an All-American, and his striking has been catching up. Yo, I got to go with Ed Ruth, man. I think Ed Ruth is going to end up getting this win. Um, I'm going to go with a decision, man, because Jason Jackson's a bad dude. Um, also on this card, we got Beck Rawlings versus Yara Joni from Brazil. I got Yara Joni winning this fight, man. I didn't even realize Beck Rawlings is seven and eight. Yo, I, I, you got a losing record, man. I can't pick you. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen, yo. It's not the thing, man. When you're that like, yo, seven and eight fighting at one of the best organizations in the world. Look, I know she has a name, but sheesh. She hasn't been able to recover ever since she took that flying kick from Paige Van Zandt, yo. This is ugly. I don't know. That's nasty. But, yo, we'll see what happens in that fight. And lastly, on this card, we have Jake Swagger. Jake Hager, the wrestling dude. He fights over with AE, somebody wrestling now <laughs> that's on TNT. But he's fighting again. Um, he's also a former All-American in wrestling, but he's huge. Um, he hasn't been looking bad. I'm actually a fan. Um, we'll see what happens. But Jake Hager is fighting a Anthony Garrett. Anthony Garrett is four and two and not very good. This is a showcase fight for Jake Swagger. And if you're a wrestling fan, go ahead and support your boy, Jake. Get another W. Um, that is all I'm going to talk about for the Bellator 231 card that is on Friday. But Saturday, they have another card for you. The card is nowhere near as fire, but the main event is one of the best events of the year. And that is the champion, Rory McDonald, going against the former champion, Douglas Lima. Rory McDonald is 21 and 5. He was widely regarded when this tournament started being one of if not the best welterweight in the world now everyone's starting to believe that douglas lima might be the best kept secret in the sports and he is a bellator guy through and through
they have both been competing in this welterweight grand prix that i'm not gonna lie man i don't know if it's 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 spread out too far they got it mixed in with too much other nonsense but it hasn't been as exciting as i think that it should have been it's not but this fight is what it should be this is a rematch the first fight went back and forth they gave it to roy mcdonald i gave it to douglas lima since then in this tournament Douglas Lima's looked better. He's also fought the harder guys. He fought the former champion, Andre Korshkov. He beat Korshkov by knockout. Then he beat, he went out there and fought against Michael Venom Page, the undefeated, crazy, entertaining knockout artist everyone talks about. Everyone had him pegged to be a champ. Douglas Lima knocked him out cold. Nasty one. Awesome Thanos took Buddy's soul, made him disappear. But now, on the other side, we have Roy McDonald. Roy McDonald went out there, took a loss when he bumped up to 185 to face Gegor Musasi. Said he wasn't feeling it anymore. He hit religion. He on some Manny Pacquiao shit. Came back, ended up fighting against um, John Fitch. John Fitch is an old school legend in the game, but no one really, I mean, he was a WSOF champion for a while, but no one looks at John Fitch as one of the best in the world. He ends up fighting Roy McDonald to a draw. Because Roy McDonald's a champion, he moves on. Then he fights Neiman Gracie. He gets a win, wasn't that impressive. So out of the two guys, who looks better? You gotta go with... Douglas Lima. I got Douglas Lima who fought a hard fought last time. Since the last time they fought, Douglas Lima seems like he's the better guy. Um, I got Douglas Lima actually winning this fight by third round TKO. Also on this fight, we got Paul Semtex Daily 41 and 17 against Saad Awad. Saad Awad was really good at one point in time, man. Um, he's 23 and 12, but he has come up through some hard times. He's on a three-fight losing streak. Paul Daly's gonna knock him out. Um, notables, Nick Newell's on his card. Nick Newell, remember, he's the he's the guy who doesn't have an arm. Um, really good, but he uh, signed with Bellator, so this is his first fight. Good luck to him. Robin Van Roosmalen, Glory's former featherweight world champion. Glory's former lightweight champion. One of the best kickboxers in the world. Um, is having his third fight in MMA. He also, I believe, is going to get a win, man. So, yo, a lot of fire MMA action this week. Also, real quick on the boxing end, on um, this weekend, Shakur Stevenson, Andre Ward's protege for top rank. This is going to be on ESPN. He fights for the world title for the first time in his career. He is 12-0 with seven KOs. He's only 22 years old. He's fighting the 26-year-old champion in Joette Gonzalez who's 23-0 with 14 KOs. Joe Wett has eight out of his last 10 wins are by knockout. This is a big step up for Shakur Stevenson, but I believe he'll end up passing it with flying colors and get his first world championship. Also this weekend, we have a World Boxing Super Series. It was the eight-man tournament. It is about to come to an end. We have Josh 
Taylor, the 15-0 champion, is fighting one of my favorites, Regis Progray, who was the WBA world champion, 24-0 with 20 knockouts against Josh Taylor, the IBF world champion. This should be an incredible fight. You have one guy who has controlled chaos, controlled aggression in Regis Progray. He's going to go ahead and fight against a slick boxer and a slick counterpuncher in Josh Taylor. Of course, I'm rocking with the American Regis Prograde to get the job done and be the unified 140-pound champ. I love it. Um, amazing weekend in fights, everybody, man. A lot of fight news. A lot of things have been happening. Um, but really quick, um, in our wrap-up today, I got to bring up one quick thing, man, before we get I get out of here. UFC... 245 is going to be a fire card and it is shaping up to be an incredible card man kamar usman versus kobe covington is going to headline that card for the welterweight championship i can't wait amanda nunez ends up fighting against uh jermaine Durandame for the 135 pound championship again i can't wait Max Holloway is fighting Alexander Volkanovsky for the 145-pound championship. I can't wait. And today, we had huge news. Two big fight announcements. Two big fights added to this card. We have the former champion. The old man, the California kid, is back. And he is fighting against one of the top prospects at 135 pounds, P- Uriah Faber is fighting Peter Yan. That fight is going to be absolutely incredible. And then we have Jose Aldo Jr., somebody who I said I would love to see fight against Yair Rodriguez. That fight, unfortunately, isn't going to happen because my man is dropping down to 135 pounds. No clue how he's going to make the weight class. He was always big for 145, but he's dropping down 10 pounds and he's going to end up fighting Marlon the Magic Man Moraes. For the um, for essentially a number one contender spot at 135 pounds, and to top it all off, Robbie Lawler might also be on this card. Yo, 2019. This card is shaping it to be one of the best cards of the year. But yo, 2019 MMA has been back. 2018. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. It was not a great year for MMA. But 2019 is, man, we've had amazing fights. We've had amazing knockouts. And um, this might be one of, this might just be the, the, the cheering on top, man. It should be an incredible fight. I cannot wait to watch it. All right, man, that was the wrap up for today. You listened to five rounds of fight news. And I'm be honest with you guys, yo, that is about all the time I got. That's about all I got for you guys today. I don't got nothing else. That's all the news. That's all the fights. I broke them all down for you guys. And uh, check it out. Enjoy them this weekend. They'll be in incredible fights, man. And I'll be honest with you. We ended up doing... Um, and I went back and we looked at all of my fight picks over the last year. Yo, I am over 86% on my picks. So if you're going to vote, to going to go ahead and try to put some money down, yo, you might want to listen to your boy. I know what I'm talking about. The underground king. 
I got this. I'm about that life. And check it out. So, yo, listen to me. You want to make some money? Put some money on my fight picks, man. Uh, we won't see you wrong. All right. <laughs> um, all in all, man, yo, I hope you guys had a good episode. Hope you guys have loved it. I love you guys. Thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you to our sponsor, Sage East, for always holding us down, giving us delicious, healthy meals, dropping them right to my crib. I appreciate you guys. Um, check them out. Um, the Fight Pop. Or should take them out at the sageeastchicago.com. Put a promo code fight, you get 10% off, and they also even write workouts for you. So check those guys out. And I, I'd be remiss to talk about the fight podcast, man. Check us out www.thefightpodcast.com. I have been getting more and more love from you guys, I have been getting more and more people communicating with me on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Um, but it really on social media at the fight podcast everywhere, myself at Serge Vicente. I begin a lot of love. I appreciate you guys. Keep communicating with me. I'll try to continue bringing the best content that I possibly can for you guys. Um, and that's what we're doing. Remember, check us out everywhere. Podcasts are available. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, rate, love it, share let everybody know about the greatest combat sports and culture show around and that's the fire podcast as always i appreciate you guys love you this has been episode 153 i'm your host serge vicente deuces deuces